Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Today's podcast is brought to you by the band Black Sights. Their most recent album, Untrue, delivers intricate guitar leads, powerful percussion, and soaring vocals effortlessly entwining elements of traditional metal with progressive experimentation and their own distinctive style. Black Sides have produced a release with huge impact. From beginning to end, Untrue reveals their creativity on a sojourn not to be missed. Check out Untrue by Black Sides on Bandcamp today. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and I'm here with my co-host, Curtis, and our guest host, Holly, from C-Squared Music. What's up, Holly? Thanks for coming on. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I think we're going to try and have you on maybe once a month. Uh, Moving forward, we can just talk about uh, marketing things and other business things. She is a, Holly is a PR professional and a musician, as you all know, hopefully, but just in case you didn't know. We are going to talk today about holiday releases and planning your year. So it's the beginning of the year um, and it's a good time to set your goals and plan your releases. Um, Disconnected Souls does a holiday release single song every year, right, Holly? Yep. Yeah, we do a Christmas cover every year. Yeah. Weird tradition that we've just gotten into that was never intended, but (laughs) it's a thing now. We're going with it how did that uh come about I think it was we were sort of preparing to release our first lot of original music and it wasn't going to be ready for a while and Fletcher just always loved the Nightwish cover of Walking in the Air and he was like oh I'd love to do something sort of in their style of that song but maybe make it a little bit different um so that was the first cover we ever did and then the next year it was like oh, well, I really love the song Space One Came Traveling. Let's do that one. And then it was like, okay, we're just doing this now. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's so many great holiday songs and yeah, it's hard to pick one, I would think. Yeah, it's so nice as well because it's just quite different from our normal stuff. So it's kind of nice to just have like a break from that and do something a little bit different and a bit more fun. And sort of, I guess as well, it's kind of a, how far can we go? Because most of these songs obviously aren't metal songs in the first place. It's like, how how extreme can we go without completely ruining it? <laughs> it's almost like a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a challenge, really. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, is there like a science behind how you pick these things? Or is it just kind of like random? Um, it's, it's more just what we fancy doing at the time, really. Um, we've got, I mean, actually, the song we were going to do for 2022 we ended up changing it to Cavalry because we wanted to do a, I won't tell you which one it is, but there was one song we wanted to do and we wanted to get like a big collaboration of uh, people doing vocals on it and do some really f- fancy vocal stuff we've never done before. And we were sort of planning it around summertime, summer 
you know so we thought oh well we've got time but it was just sort of becoming more and more apparent we're not because we want so many people involved it's just not going to happen so we're like well we've always wanted to do cavalry hopefully we can do that quickly and that kind of took over so th this other song is still planned to, to do it at some point but we, we will see when that actually happens um one more follow-up believe just really quickly beforehand um so was there any specific reason though on that song like i gotta be honest i'd never even heard that song before like that's why i'm kind of I questioning it cavalry um yeah it's well it's one tim always wanted to do and i've always absolutely loved that song um because we just thought because it's got such a rhythmic thing to it we can just make it stupidly heavy and do all sorts of really cool guitar stuff so but it was really interesting because it's i hadn't realized the whole song is major because the lyrics are quite dark so i kind of consider it a kind of dark song and so actually mm -hmm. like we can't keep this major for the cover because it just sounds weird <laughs> doing, doing like a really happy metal song um so we kind of made it a bit some of it is still the original key and then some of it is very minor so we've just made it sound even darker and we slowed it down very fractionally um from the original as well so can i ask how was the promotion cycle different for this or for your holiday singles in general versus uh maybe a single that's more uh that's just uh original song yeah i think there's always i think sort of cover songs in general you have to approach a little bit differently um and it does i think depend on the size of the band as well like a bigger band doing a cover or something is probably going to get more coverage anyway um so there's that side of it i think we with the holiday thing we can very much go off the fact that it is a christmas thing so that kind of helps and i guess some blogs are doing more and more like christmas cover features and yeah it kind of fits into the generally what's going on in the media side of things but it is harder i would say in some ways to get it out there just because it's not original so it's not what we necessarily sound like as a band and if someone really loves the original, there's the chance they're not going to be too pleased <laughs> that we've taken it and done some slightly strange stuff with it. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a different ball game, really. Are you going to ever do like a compilation or anything like that of your holiday songs, or no? I mean, we we've now got five, so we've basically got half an album <laughs> already. <laughs> So uh, I, th I think eventually at some point we'll probably have to do, yeah, do something just for the fun of it, if nothing else, because it's, yeah. Well, because what we might do as well, um, the very early covers we did, our production has moved on quite a bit since then. So it'd be quite nice actually to maybe go back to the first two and redo those because we could make them sound even better, actually. And to put in them all on an album would give us an excuse to do that, so. I, th I think that's not, yeah, I think we might do that. So maybe I can ask, like, how do you, because you kind of went into how you were planning to do one song and, and it seemed to be too time consuming to create it. Um, so we're talking about this in January. Yeah. And <laughs> is that about when you would start planning your holiday cover for the for that year? I would love to say yes. The reality is now we leave it way too late every single year and then we watch it <laughs> how much time do you usually plan start planning ahead i i we sort of i guess seriously talk start talking about it in summer usually 
Um, but then we do the thing of, oh, well, we've got all of autumn and then we've got November and it's like, no, we haven't. Um, so yeah, but we I guess we've usually chosen at least which one we're gonna do by summer. So that kind of helps, but it's one of those things stuff usually gets in the way and we're not actually doing it until yeah, autumn. And then it's like, oh, we've got to hurry up with this now. But so far we've gotten away with it. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> One thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if this was intentional, because I honestly don't remember what we did the year before, Holly, and forgive me on this. Um, you decided to promote another single that just dropped today at the same time. Was was there like any rhyme or reason behind this, or was it just fully? That was, yeah, in some ways that wasn't ideal. It was kind of more of a that's just how things worked out, mm. um, because our main focus was on is, is our main focus is always going to be on our original music um and so obviously we wanted to get promo for that going as early as possible um but then it just sort of happens obviously Christmas comes in between promoting that and it releasing so we've then got to promote this sort of thing in between it which I, I do realize is probably a little bit confusing and not not the best thing to do maybe but um it, it it's it, it is what it is you know I didn't really think it was that big of a deal personally but no, I mean, I guess because they're two very different things. Like if yeah. you did that, I think with two original releases, that would be a very bizarre thing to do. So I think the fact that it's like, yeah, the Christmas cover is it's kind of a gimmick in a way. It's kind of just this little extra that we do. That was and actually what I wanted to bring up with you is oh, okay. can you can you kind of explain how this helps bands with promo? Because I mean, on one hand, I know a lot of bands go like Christmas covers are stupid, don't want to do them. Yeah. And I understand that completely but you just brought up a good point it's a bit of a gimmick to get people aware of the band still yeah. and back and notice so can you kind of go over that a little bit please I think this is the thing it's kind of a, any extra content you can do is going to help so uh, the Christmas covers kind of always help us in that respect of especially because the past couple of years our original music has been so slow and um, we've put out a couple of singles but that was because that was all we were able to do uh, for various reasons um, so the Christmas covers kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. It's kind of helpful as a reminder of we still exist. <laughs> and it's also kind of useful, I guess, as well, because it's like like with our production side of things, the Christmas covers will always show where we're up to with our production stuff. So you can kind of see our evolution that way as well as musicians. So it is quite helpful. And and yeah, it's just a, any news and new stuff that we can do. It's yeah, it's a reminder and makes it look like we're doing things even you know this because this is the problem isn't it when you're working on an album or you're working on a big release it doesn't there's only so many times you can go on social media and be like yeah we're working on stuff <laughs> and you know we haven't got anything to show for it yet so it kind of helps again with that yeah actually looks like we're doing something here <laughs> um we have talked about this before, and I thought, you know, it could be interesting to to talk about other holidays, because like what maybe the a band doesn't like, like mm -hmm. doesn't feel connected to Christmas in particular, and there, you know, maybe we could talk about other holidays they could take advantage of um, the same concept. Yeah, I mean, Halloween covers seem to be a thing, or at least sort of spooky related and I, I, I do fancy actually doing something Halloweeny at some point but I just don't know what 
because um, there's so many covers of um, This Is Halloween that usually come out around that time. Was it Epica who did a cover of that, I think, a year or two ago? It was yeah. one of the big- They've yeah. definitely done, and they did Sally's song recently as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think that can be quite a fun thing to do. Um, but I guess because there's maybe fewer Halloween songs in existence, it's kind of people end up covering the same ones or it's you kind of have to write your own. Because um, have you heard Lacuna Coil's... Oh, actually, that's a Christmas song, isn't it? Why do I think that's a Halloween song? It's because it's Lacuna Coil. That's why I think it's a Halloween song. Anyway, never mind. It's like, yeah, because it's, it's spooky. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Halloween would be a good one to take advantage of and do something. That's an interesting idea to like write your own original song around a holiday. Like that's yeah. a really interesting idea. It's not like it's a, never been done, but what I mean, do you think would uh, go into that? I guess it probably gives you a bit more freedom, doesn't it? To do something that's more in keeping with your band. Because obviously when you're doing a cover song, you've kind of got to, to an extent, stick with what the original songwriter is doing. So you could really put your own stamp on it. But have, you know who has done a Halloween song? Muse, on their latest album, they had that Halloween song coming out. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Um, And I really, I really love that song, actually, because I just love the organs in it. And they've made it really dramatic and really theatrical. Um. So that's that was kind really of cool. that, that was, was actually really cool. a really good example that I hadn't I completely forgotten about that. That's a good song. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking. I was just um, Belgian Jasper just put a video up about like the best metal Christmas covers, and he was talking about the different approaches that people take, which is either covering a classic song or writing an original song. And then something else that I've noticed is like a hybrid between the two where bands will take like a snippet or like a riff or a keyboard part or piano part from a classic and form a new structure or song around it. And you could totally do that since there's so few Halloween songs, you could totally do that with Halloween songs as well. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah, because then you could do some really wacky stuff with it. That could be like, yeah, that could be a fun experiment. Well, this is getting a little bit more into the creative territory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back to a marketing standpoint thing, I guess a marketing, uh, a cover is kind of similar and parallel to marketing singles in general, which is definitely the the direction the music industry is taking. Um, Can you go talk a little bit about how much time a band should allow for promotion for a single? Like when should they have their masters and video done if they're doing it? Um, and ready to start the campaign? I'd probably say try and have everything done eight weeks in advance, just in case. Um, You can get away with a month before, and we've certainly done that and slightly less, but I think maybe two months-ish, sort of six to eight weeks is possibly a good good ballpoint. Um, The problem is if you make it too long because it's just a single, it's sort of it's too far to sort of spread out the the interest and the promo for it um but I think I mean I guess this also maybe depends if it is doing like a holiday one because with Christmas covers you don't really want to announce it in September (laughs) or like I would say certainly don't announce it before Halloween there's a there's a there's a line (laughs) right but that doesn't mean you can't have it done earlier oh yeah yeah and that way you can start sending it to press outlets and stuff. Curtis, what is your opinion on that? Like how far in advance would they want that? 
It depends. I mean, singles are one of those things that are kind of a weird thing where it's hard to get a review on it. So um, it's hard to say. I've seen singles where we've done a two-month promo cycle. I've seen it do really well. Um, I know Disconnected Souls, for example, they usually send me the stuff like two to three months in advance, and we generally get a review or two on on their singles, except when we have issues like we did today. Uh, we're not going to mention that. <laughs> we're not going to mention that? Okay, we're not going to mention that. Uh, but as a general rule, Disconnected Souls does usually get a review or two because they send it out so early. But um, So it depends. It's really hard to say. If The earlier, the better. At the same time, I can see people not wanting to spend like $1,500 on a single promo campaign. So it depends. I, I can't really give you a good answer for that. Disconnected Souls is one thing. I've seen other bands where it's like, seems to make more sense just to do a one-month campaign. So well, yeah, and I'm not really talking about campaign length so much as like having the assets ready. Well, having the assets ready. Okay, that I misunderstood. So having the assets ready, always be as early as you possibly fucking can. Just okay. always. Um, so like, let's say that your band wants to release a Christmas cover. I would suggest having everything ready by end of summer. The only reason why is just because then you have it all and then if anything needs to be tweaked or anything needs to be, you know, that way you got enough prep time in advance. But I'm one of those type of people that I always like earlier, the better. So it, otherwise, I mean, you could probably make it stretch like Holly said to October. But if it was me personally, I would say August just to be on the safe side. So, yeah, that's my own opinion. I lost my thought. Sorry. Um... I thought you were going to ask something. That's why I stopped. Yeah, and then I lost it. Sorry. Um, Can I add something then? Yeah, go ahead. Um, just for a promo campaign in general. So like, if it's seasonal based, always try to have everything as early as possible. Like I've had bands who want to release things in the winter, um, you know, but they come to me, you know, in November. And it's a little bit late to really do a promo campaign for something that's November based or sorry, winter based, you know, if you're trying to get out before Christmas, for example, or by January, and you get me everything at end of November, it's like, eh, it's gonna be kind of hard because there's also a two to three weeks uh, shutdown in the music industry every December, right? Or if you want to do something that's kind of like Thanksgiving based, because I've had bands actually ask me like, you know, can we get something out? Because uh, the theme is like, you know, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for, but it's like Thanksgiving theme, not quite Thanksgiving theme, but, you know, gratitude or whatever, right? So I've had that before, but it's like, then they get you the materials a week before Thanksgiving and you don't want to release on Thanksgiving because everybody's gone again. So you want to time things out properly. So the earlier you can do, have all your materials for a timed release, the better is the thing. Don't like, you know, I'm yeah, not sure how much clearer I can get on that. Not like three, not like three months in advance necessarily, but two or three no. months no um I think no. what I was gonna say is it kind of depends on how many social media assets you can think of for promoting because you should be promoting it for a while on your social media and there's only so many ideas but I was wondering if maybe Holly you could give us some ideas on uh content for promoting a single yeah she's good so. at this she's good at this I just want to toot her own for a second well, I tried she's to good. Be. she's good <laughs> I mean, there's stuff like behind the scenes photos are always good. So if you actually go to a studio or have a music room, you know, loads of photos and little snippets and reels from there, really cool. You can do little reels of um, 
like you know your music software just showing a snippet of what you've done so far behind the scenes on videos on photo shoots if you're doing things like that um i know a lot of artists when they're maybe not doing that as such like they're not really doing all the videos and things and perhaps don't feel like they have that set of content it's kind of getting a little bit more creative and also maybe thinking of stuff that's more engaging so like what kind of questions can you ask people can you do like a favorite song of the week and then you can tag other bands and get other people involved um make your own little playlist and share that and stuff and it just because it's then stuff that you can share on your own socials and hopefully gets picked up elsewhere as well um oh what else merch merch is good lots of photos of merch and like people wearing it if you've got cds do the inside the outside the covered everything um all that good stuff music if you've got musical instruments if you've got pretty guitars take photos of your pretty guitars people like instrument you know instrument photos if they look nice so do things like that um question quite inventive oh go on what's your take on singles related merch like doing a t-shirt design for a single release i think it depends because i know it was within temptation wasn't it particularly over like the pandemic years they brought out loads of singles and every single had like a ton of merch with it it wasn't just t-shirts it was like glasses and um i don't know everything else um I think if you're a smaller band, that's going to be harder to do. I mean, if you've got like Shopify or something, then obviously you can create stuff and do things like that. But if you're you're funding it yourself, it's harder to do a big range when you've not got a label behind you and, and things like that. I think it can be worth doing if you're able to build up the hype around the single enough. Um, and so maybe if you've got like a really big fancy video going with it, then you can do like the video is a big thing and the song is a big thing and then the merch is a big thing as well. And I think that can that can work. But I, I guess I would say prepare everything in advance if you're doing that. So yeah, get your merch design sorted way, way in advance, get all your music and video so that you can spend quite a long time promoting it. I think that's the key because social, me uh, social media is so noisy. If you're gonna release merch with every single you do, you've got to make sure it's people are actually seeing it because if they don't see it, they won't know it exists and they won't buy it. And then I think that's the, the, one of the problems you get. Yeah. Good points, really good points. I mean, I always like to look at bigger bands and draw from them what I can, but it's a really good point when you're talking about merch that you can't always do the same things that big bands do. And I guess that's kind of obvious if you think about it, but sometimes obvious things need to be said, right? Um, since we're we're kind of cutting almost half, I think we're over halfway done here with our time slot. So let's dive into the next topic, which was planning uh, your year as a band um, and releases and such. So um, Holly, this was your topic idea. Can you go into what you had in mind about this? Yeah, so I think it, it's useful to plan things out for multiple reasons. Obviously, you've got to, if you're composing, you've got to get mixing and mastering done and everything usually, or at least in my experience, takes slightly longer than you think, think it will. <laughs> so I'd say allow a bit of extra time, <laughs> however long you think something's going to take. Um, it's also worth bearing in mind release schedules. So once you get to October, that October to sort of run up to Christmas, is really, really busy. And that's when you get all the big bands and all the big labels releasing. So from a PR and marketing perspective, you're gonna get significantly less coverage just because 
it's so busy and the bigger bands usually take priority over you know um new slots and review slots and things like that so it's worth bearing that in mind if you're doing like a really big album or a big release or something i'd say do it earlier in the year um obviously you know big bands release stuff or like all of a sudden they'll suddenly drop an album and it's a bit annoying but we can't predict that so if it happens it happens you just have to work with it as best you can um, but generally speaking, earlier in the year, you will do slightly better for press coverage and things like that. So. Can I add? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to add. Um, so Holly is 100% right as a general rule, you will do better earlier in the year than later in the year. But I also want to point out something. Things have all changed since the pandemic happened. There have been a lot of the different release strategies that labels have been doing have mm -hmm. changed drastically. So something you might, and I'm not saying Holly's wrong by any stretch of the imagination, um, but that can always change next year. Because one thing I noticed is this year, it was lighter while still heavy on releases around times like Thanksgiving uh, versus past years. Also, last year, January was just insane with releases once the pandemic was over in the U.S., but this year is pretty quiet again. So... One thing I would always suggest people do is try to find out what's coming out as far uh, as far in advance as you can. You can look at Heavy Music Headquarters. They're usually pretty good with listing all the releases that have, have had dates set for the year. So you can look. I think right now they have dates up through May. Um, as a note, if you're planning on releasing something mid-April, one of those weeks is Metallica. So please don't release whatever week Metallica is releasing. I forget which release, which week it is, but I think it's the 14th, just as a note to anybody who's listening. Um, so you can always look far ahead in advance. But as a general rule, January, February, March are usually the best times for an independent band release. But again, that can always switch because I told people this last year and then January hit. And then I think it was like there was like 10 AAA albums all within a week. I don't even remember, but it was like something stupid like that. So just bear that in mind is all I want to say. Sorry, Holly, I was not contradicting you. I'm just what? saying keep in mind sometimes things changes like what changed with the pandemic. So what we tell you today could change next week. Yeah, actually, I wanted to bring to mention really quick that actually Shield of Wings was planning to release our album, um, one twenty one, uh, twenty two. Not because not only because it's a cool number, but also because uh, the last EP was released January eleventh of twenty eleven. So it was like. Um, we were planning on releasing in, in January, but there were so many other releases in January that we pushed it to February. And I'm sure that that helped us get more coverage than if we had tried to rush the release and do it in January. Yeah, and it probably did. But again, nothing is ever certain. I mean, this year, we there was even a major band that surprised dropped during the holidays, uh, Lord of the Lost, which I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they that did That was crazy. Well. Yeah, I have no idea. I was like, where did this well. come from? And yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how well it did. Maybe it bombed. I have no idea. I doubt it because I don't think I, so. Everybody I, yeah. I know who likes Lord of the Lost. Yeah. So like what album? So basically, things change. Nobody was expecting a major label to drop that during Christmas time. So you know, anyways. Yeah, I mean, you have to mind. roll with the punches, right? You can yeah. only plan so much. It's just mm -hmm. like life. But be, that being said, what they did will probably not work for you, even if it was successful for them. Uh, because again, most journalists are off and nobody in their right mind is going to review 
um, a smaller band and like, you know, take the time out of their Christmas holiday to review a smaller band, but they will for Lord of the Lost. So just want to say that. Mm -hmm. um, could I also go over one other thing with the appropriate time, Celia? Are, are you okay with that? Okay, cool. Um, one thing that I just want to point out too is like, also, if you, let's say that you plan a release date and um, let's say that you decided to release in November, mid-November, and then you find out after listening to this podcast that that was a dumb idea and you shouldn't have done it, but you've already set the date and it's been announced. I just want to point out, there's no reason why you can't change the release date. There really isn't. Like, just because, like, if you're a new band, you're releasing your debut or you're releasing your follow-up album and no one's really heard of you, just because you said it was coming out on, on Christmas Day or whatever, doesn't mean you have to stick with it. You could always change the date. There's really no reason that you can't. So if you guys, if you do pre-announce pre something, you realize it was a bad time of year, there's really no reason why you can't change stuff. Like, uh, I think it was Lamb of God changed their release date something like three times in 2020 or something like that. Might have been three or four times. I think it was them. Don't quote me on that. But it happens. So if you need to change something, you need, like Leah said, roll with the punches, you know, just change the date. There's no reason why you have to have something set in stone if you made a mistake. Just had to say that, Aaliyah. Yeah, I think also one thing that's good to do is like, Holly was talking about this and I've experienced this and I'm pretty sure that everybody in a band has experienced the fact that producing an album always takes longer than you think it will. So I would recommend not scheduling your release until your album is completely mixed and mastered. You have your artwork done. You have everything done. I would recommend that once you get to that point, then you look at the Heavy Music HQ, you see what's coming out in the next few months, and you plan a release date accordingly. Um, I was just... <laughs> go ahead, Holly. Go ahead, Holly. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think that's a good and sensible idea, and more people should... I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because stuff gets in the way, and life happens, and sometimes yeah. things are fine, and then suddenly they're not fine. Um, but yeah we you know we get situations where a video has been delayed for whatever reason or the artwork's been delayed for whatever reason and the, the date's set and it's like yeah okay we'll move the date and it's not a problem but obviously I know people don't always want to do that so yeah, yeah I think it's kind of a, a symptom of like putting the cart before the horse sort of situation and feeling like oh maybe you feel like you don't have anything that you can work on while you're waiting for your album to be mixed or sorry about my microphone um you don't feel like you have anything you can work on while you're waiting for your album to be mixed or where you're waiting for your video to be edited. So you're, you're planning things, you're scheduling things, but it's really best if you just work on something else and, and plan that stuff once you have everything figured out. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if, if you're the sort of person who needs a deadline, maybe give yourself like a like preliminary release date but you know what absolutely if you, sure if it doesn't work then it, yeah it doesn't work and you've not announced it or you know yeah don't feel as though you have to stick with it but if you do stick with it and it does work great that might be an idea just because I, I do do that with deadlines if I don't have a deadline sometimes stuff doesn't get done <laughs> very fair very fair Curtis <laughs> you raised your hand I did um so one thing I wanted to say is that what you can do what you can do, like, let's say that you want to uh, say that your album is going to be released in, I don't know, 2024, 2023, whatever. 
um, you can release singles in the main, meantime and not have a set date. Bands do that all the fucking time. That is true. That is I very true. I've seen that recently, especially. But one thing that's kind of irritating, well, irritating is the wrong word. Frustrating, I think, is the correct word, was we'll have bands come to us. They'll have a single or two ready. And we'll take them on. And they'll say, but we want to have the album drop X date. But they won't have the rest of the songs ready for like a month or something like that. So the problem, I'm going to explain this from a PR perspective, just for a brief second. The problem with that is there's no problem with releasing the singles. But if you're, you want your PR company to get your reviews on the album or EP, we need the full thing to be able to send to reviewers two or three months in advance to really get your press. So keep that in mind. Um, also, I have, a, I have a rant, if I may, Aaliyah. Keep it short. Damn it. Uh, I don't know how short I can keep this. So I have... I'll give you 60 seconds. <laughs> uh, I've seen people drop albums. Uh, there was there was a specific person I, or specific bands I have seen drop albums last week on New Year's Day. Please don't do that. I just wanted to say that. Just one thing. Do not drop your album on New Year's Day or Christmas. There's my rant. I'm not going to say anything else because I'm just going to start going. That was really good. That was like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are running out of time. So I just want to give uh, one more question for Holly's valuable input, if I may. Um, There's a tough question. You can think for a second about it, but what is the biggest mistake you think bands make when planning their years? Okay, right. <laughs> talk through it also, like maybe yeah. a couple of mistakes. I, th I think it sort of generally is, this is maybe not quite the right word, but underestimating what it is that you're doing. Because doing an album or an EP especially, it's a big project. And if you're doing the PR and marketing and um, going down that route, you like you say, you have to have everything ready before as a PR, we can even begin the PR campaign. It's not a case of we can do stuff and then you can fill in the gaps later. It's we need everything from the beginning. Um, so I think it's just be realistic if you're going with a, an artist you know have they got a waiting list of customers have they got um, have they given you like a an estimated time of completion same with music videos and and stuff obviously happens sometimes that you've got to move filming dates and and things so maybe just yeah just factor in that extra little bit of time and I think a big thing is don't rush you kind of mentioned this earlier talking about heel of wings sort of almost rushing it a little bit um I think there is this sort of thing that when you've written a song or an album, you want to get it out as soon as possible. And I completely relate to that. But that is kind of the worst thing you can do, because if you rush to get it out there, it's not going to reach enough people or it's not going to reach as many people as it could do. So, I, I, yeah, like consider how long things will actually take and don't rush is probably my my advice. <laughs> Amen. Really good last <laughs> tip there. Thanks again for coming on. And I can't wait till we talk to you again next month. Oh, see you then. <laughs> That's right. Um, everybody listening, if you have an idea of what you want us to talk to Holly about next month, let us know. You can email me, aliyah at squeezesquared.info. And until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. Mm -hmm.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.